That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about. Hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. It's us. Holy hey. moly. Been a couple weeks. Yes, How are you, man? Doing good. On? I still got the allergy voice, though, but I'm doing good. I got the kind of just in an eight-hour bus ride voice. <clears throat> However, I did go for coffee. I went up the street to a place called the Broadway Roastery, and it was nice. really, real, real good. Mm. Do they have bagels? Kind of, Yeah, they do. They got, they got me woke up. I'm in Saskatoon, you know, Saskatchewan. Nice. I have a friend to- in Saskatoon. Oh. Scott Fulbert, he's uh, the Fulbert beer on the back of the newest comic book there. He's in Saskatoonie. Maybe he'll want to come to a show because I got one tomorrow night. So there well, you go. Who, who are you out with? I'm out with Imagine Dragons. Oh, right. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, good kids show. If he's got the kids, the kid's going to love it. No, he's, he's, he's like my age, buddy. So his kids are – actually, he's got a daughter who's just uh, just starting out um, doing stand-up comedy. And oh. apparently she's really good. We should get her on here. Like she does – she's touring. She's doing or she, like before, just right. before COVID, she was doing like the stand-up comedy tours. I, I saw it on Facebook. It blew my mind. And he's saying it. He said, if you ever, if she's ever in the area, man, check her out. Um, closest I think she got to me was uh, um, uh, Kitchener. Kitchener. Yeah, I don't oh. know. If she was in Toronto at all, but she was doing that other end there, London, and all that. Last I heard. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. But he's out that way. Yeah, if he's watching or not. I don't know. So. This is like my first real break as far as people go mm-hmm. i haven't heard canada in a long time i I'll, I'll do toronto you know every now and again on a tour and i'll do vancouver usually and i just haven't been up the middle mm. in so long so calgary and edmonton and all these great markets which is awesome um but i just haven't been but they're always it's always anarchy when you mm. when you travel canada no matter how hard you try to wrangle yeah. it in there's always people that you've known for years in these towns and and i'm following you know, like Slipknot's following us or I'm following them. And there's like, every, I actually ran into Alice Cooper's band, like in the hotel yesterday, which is mm-hmm. the, the other day, just kind of around. Cause everyone's kind of back on tour, which is pretty, really cool. Um, and uh, there's just people around, you know? And so it's been anarchy. Saskatoon's like my first, like <sighs> that first break where you're like, mm-hmm. there's no one here. Yeah. Does Alice Cooper still have the guitar player with the the buff guitar player or this buff saxophone? No, no, he's actually had this run of female guitar players that are mont like just oh, incredible. Cool. So he had Orianthe for a while. When I tour, I did some shows with him years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a girl named Orianthe who was who was amazing. She ended up um, uh, she went with Richie Sambora for a long time after that and mm-hmm. kind of did her thing. And now he's got a girl named Nita Strass, which is like incredible. And cool. she is like monster monster guitar player she's like um yeah she's really great so she um 
she actually did all the re- like the WrestleMania and stuff. She like plays Shinsuke Nakamura into the ring at WrestleMania like last year. So she's like, yeah, she's with Alice Cooper and he's had the same band for a long time. I ran into, um, right. he's got a guitar player named Ryan Roxy that has a podcast and mm-hmm. I'll come on a show anytime. He's, you know, there he's you been around for a long, he's been around well, for a long Alice time. Alice Cooper's music, yeah. uh, his older music, his seventies music was, uh, the band was really talented, man. They played there. They knew how to jam. They had to write some songs. The 80s stuff I don't think was as, as tricky, but uh, I know the 70s stuff, especially like some of the bass stuff on that 80s, man, it was really good. You know what's funny about that? Because the Scorpions are kind of the same, right? So the Scorpions yeah. had that 70s blue, really bluesy kind of stuff. Yeah, the different then, guitar player, right? They had Buddy's yeah. brother in there first, and then he went off and did solo, and he was a noodle master. Noodly, noodly. I am German Shank- with the noodle. German noodles. German noodles. Oh, Macaulay Shanker, right? Something Pardon like me? Macaulay Shanker? Yeah. Is that what yeah. it was? So, I think so. they... That, they had that kind of same trajectory, which were they were this band, and then all of a sudden, a lot of bands kind of were like that. But um, but they, you know, then Rocky like a hurricane and and uh, Wind of Change and like uh, all those bands, all those songs came out in the eighties that made them massive. Love at first sight um, is just a phenomenal album. It's probably one of the best eighties metal albums, I would say, and then followed tightly by their live album. Man, wow, their live album. And they so got a residency great. in Vegas now. I just missed it. Um, what, the Scorps do? Like, yeah, they do. <laughs> and they put the interesting. So they've got um, Skid Row opening for it without mm-hmm. obviously Sebastian. Skid mm-hmm. Row had, had done all these things with these. They've had, you know, four singers since Sebastian. And they're all like 40 year old guys. And they're like, whatever. And they got this kid from Sweden swing, singing for them now. Mm-hmm. And the new single's great. And it's actually oh. really like it's and it's produced by um, Nick Raskulis, um, who produced the Foo Fighters and all this stuff. So the, I think mm-hmm. Skid Row are about to have this is an interesting one. I think they're about to have a, a pretty decent run here because mm-hmm. they got this kid. He's like young. He was his favorite band of all time is Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And he's got the he's got the chops. He's got that young Sebastian Bach kind of look. Uh, with the, But um, it's funny. Do you I was going to ask you this speaking of this. So bands that had singers that either passed away or moved on or got kicked out of the band and then they started again obviously van halen being a prime example were you ever into the second incarnation of those bands oh ACDC, band- had, acdc had a good one too right with brian johnson yeah yeah with john yeah yeah and bon um, when Scott it came did. to kiss no as soon as peter chris left i was a little heartbroken but then they came back with such good music after yeah. Ace freely left Kiss, I was pretty much done. It was kind of like, ah, oh, man, really? Although Asylum and Animal Eyes, I really enjoyed. I did enjoy those albums out there, but after that, I really fell off the wagon there with those guys. But um, yeah, it's, that's a tough one. Um, the guy, who re- the new Journey singer is really good. Being yeah, an old guy, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think of like, like well, again, the story, there's like, ones that they change earlier on in their career, and you don't really catch it, right? Like Metallica's your your classic influence of your your classic example of that. Sorry, where you know Dave Mustaine was was the original guitar player, not Kirk Hammett, and then Dave Mustaine went on to become Megadeth, of course, right? Yeah. Um, but and then there's other the other the other end is the the funny ones with other bands with. Wow, did you know that uh, Dave Grohl's the drummer for Nirvana? Like, as soon as somebody says that to you, you're like. I'll be, over there. <laughs> I'll be like way I, over there, man. I, so, so it's too bad. I, but Skid Row, like, here's that. So, to counter that question with another mm-hmm. question that I had for you, and I was thinking because I'm listening to all this '80s metal. Like, when I listen to '80s metal, I like cavalcade it, man. I'm like going through it all. You know what I mean? I listen to a ton of it. It's not like one song on, and then I'll listen to yeah. some, some pop or something. So, I and and I'll I'll put it on like Google uh, speaker so I'll get a wormhole going, right? 
and then sure. they'll throw on some new metal and it just does not like some rad bands, but their approach to it in this decade, perhaps, or whatever, in the last five to seven years. And it just doesn't have the same, like you can hear they're trying to do it the same, like, you know what the lyrics going to be next. You know what I mean? Like, like cl- mm-hmm. classic eighties metal, you knew what they were going to say, basically what coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I don't want to name any bands because I don't want to diss anybody. But um, wow, man. The, uh, well, it's, it's a classic heard radio. Any good a, new metal. It's like, a classic like radio thing. thing. It's a classic radio thing. Well, okay, I think it's also the way they record it, perhaps, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's not as, I don't know, man. It's it's so, uh, is it one of those genres that you cannot Well, we touched on, on this before. We had on? Todd and Brent on. We had Todd and Brent on and talked about this before, And if I recall this conversation. Here's well, the it thing. was more about bands, I uh, think, than the whole genre. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, is that exactly. a genre that you cannot expand upon? Because you can expand on hip-hop. You can expand on metal. You could expand on rock with a bluesy rock, you know, a little more of a heavy mm. rock, a pop rock. But is is like is is like your classic metal, your glam metal type thing, you know, like that. Is it the thing is is that music evolves, and I don't believe that people have like they accepted what it was in the eighties, and then you know there's a re it's, there's a reason why the meteorites you know took out the dinosaurs and started yeah. over, right. so. You know, Nirvana came along, and that was that. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, like, and it's so, the hair like metal a, is so like, pigeonholed. Like, I don't. It think, is. It but, is. But and to the that songs point, about girls and how rude they were. Like, I don't think that you can redo that again. Like, no. what's that band that are so rude to women? Um, they were Steel covered. Panther. Yeah, they're not still going, are they? Absolutely. Oh wow, I'm that. I because find that people amazing. know it. People know it's a gag. But if you the the only band to me that got <clears throat> I, I don't girls get booed because they don't they don't show their breasts, right? Like that doesn't still go on. I wouldn't think. Oh, I th- I yes. Wow, because that's hor- that's bad. Like that 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 is an element of the eighties. But here's, I remember here's seeing thing, a clip Chris. of that, and I was like, whoa, that's that's not. Cool. Here's here's the thing about that band. Yeah. You go, everyone goes to that show with that in mind. Yeah, you can't go there and be like. Like if Dave Grohl, okay, let, let's move off the foos. Let's say, let's say if, let's say if, um, because uh, Molly Crew are still going to do it this summer. You know, Tommy Lee's still going to jump out with the titty cam and do the whole thing this summer, right? Because that's didn't do that that's, when we he didn't. Do that's that the gag. But I, I just don't think that like um, we're just obviously we're not in that world anymore. And rock and roll, it's never really gotten. It, it's I don't want to say it's gotten a pass from the Me Too movement. But certainly, there hasn't been a there hasn't been as much focus on rock and roll debauchery as movie f- and film debauchery and slimy producer debauchery. Because if anyone really dove into, probably like, you know, what was going on in the eighties with Motley Crue. You don't. The thing about those stories is that you don't hear any malice from them. You hear guys trying to like, oh man, we all these girls were waiting outside and we did this, we did that, and it's like. All the girls were like, yeah, you know, and everyone was fine. You don't hear this story as much of like, well, I, you know, like nowadays. And there, I, I can think of an example of a Canadian dude. I'm not going to name him, but enticing girls, mm-hmm. young girls mm-hmm. back to uh, his hotel room. Yeah. The, the metal guys didn't have to entice anybody to come back no. and party in the 80s. It was like, no, I get to come back and party with you guys. Woo. Right. Whereas nowadays it's a it's a little more mischievous and evil when uh, these guys are doing it, which isn't cool. And it, and it's, and I think that's, you know, to the point about the band thing is that um, you, the songs still have to be kind of, 
the songs still have to be good. And the people like they can shit on cherry pie and they can shit on all those, those songs from that time. Mm -hmm. But you know, everyone respects the fact that like everyone gave Janny Lane a pass for writing cherry pie. Cause they know that he wrote uncle Tom's cabin. Right. So they're like, okay, you get a pass because we know that you just wrote that for the record label. Cause they told you that the record wasn't done. So write us a hit. He goes to his hotel room, bang, bang, gah, bang, bang, gah. There's cherry pie. And yeah. Jenny Lane's like, now I'm known as the cherry pie guy, but like the, you know, Dokken, you know, warrant. Well, how about Firehouse, Christine 16 by what about Christine? Totally, 16? Christine 16. It's, it's lyrically like nailed dead on this guy in his late twenties going to pick up a 16 year old girl from her school. Like those are the lyrics that Gene Simmons wrote. Right. I, 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 did they still play that live? Good question. I haven't. I seen would probably think no. I'm thinking no, but uh, maybe they did on the last song. one where they song. played where they played everything. But I, uh, there's not a lot of bands. That's why for me, like when I see, I, I don't necessarily want to see a new sleazy kind of band go down that road because to me it's done. I, I just wanted something new that's great. Right. That's why when so that's somebody question. like how do you like where does it go? I I, I don't. Well, like, it doesn't go down that sleaze rock kind of thing. It goes more into like I think if you did more of a Van you know, Halen approach to it, where you had this yeah. gunslinger on the guitar, bass player with a, an amazing harmony voice, you know, drummer, guitar player in sync. Woo! Look at them. Like you know, that's yeah. And and then like to find a David Lee Roth again would be I don't know. The Struts. People seem to think the Struts are. One of those bands that has that. Right. Um, well, of course, and, there's the New um, Zeppelin band. What's their uh, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, Greta Van Fleet. I, I like them. I, I don't think their music. Like I'm not. I'm not the craziest guitar player in the world. I but I, I don't think their guitar players are is definitely close to the mystique of of the riffs that Page would write. Now I'm not saying mm -hmm. that their music, their guitar players are horrible, but like in the, comparing them to the legends. I don't think their their guitar player and bass player and drummer are at the level that uh, like Zeppelin was or say Rush was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think I don't think they're at that level where I hear a song and I'm like, what the hell did he just do on that guitar? Or Eddie, you know, I'm not hearing that. Um, I love the, the vibe of it though. Here's the thing. You remember when we heard about those bands? It was the it was the it was the uh, first recording era, magazine era video era where yeah. everyone became a star. I touched on this like just a little while ago, even mm -hmm. I'll come back to the foos for one second. You everyone like the foos. Come yeah. But everyone foos. in that band is a star. And they're the last band where you can say that where everyone knows everything about that band and whatever. No, who can anyone sit, name anybody in Greta Van Fleet other than the singer, by the way, he looks uh, black veil brides other than that. Andy Burke guy. Um, and I actually don't know the I don't know who the bass player is in the Foo Fighters. Like I, I can't even picture him. To Nate, be honest, Nate Mendel, he just stands there and plays like this. I'm and, just saying I can't picture but, him. Some 41 I, were good at that though, eh, buddy? Some 41, some 41 were great, were and that's that, when that everyone made it. Everyone way. made a star. Now you're getting to me like like yeah. back to Alice Cooper. Everyone is like Nita is like the best. She's incredible. If you're in the know in the guitar player world, you know what I mean. And she goes up against like. Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge, right. who's got his own metal band as like the best guitar players in the world right now. And it's sort of in that, in the genre of things, people are like, that's the best, that's the best, whatever. But the new bands, I don't know. I keep coming back to like Korn just put an incredible record out. You know what I mean? The Deftones just put an incredible record out. The new Skid Row singles, really, really good. Like I just kind of look at these and go, if they're making an effort and they're putting out good music, I'm in. 
new yeah. bands i can't find them like i'm, well, I'm trying maybe, to find maybe them. our viewers can help us out here because yeah i guess we're, we're classified as the dinosaur we're getting close to dinosaur age brent we're i'm already there probably you're getting close so well i try to listen to new stuff every day i, I do have a constant like i, I'm on I, well, Apple, I have Apple a 20 music. year old early 20 yeah. sorry and she's yeah. constantly playing new stuff and i think remember mm. I, I we've discussed mm. this too and i find that every band is is grunge it's like wow this sounds exactly like screaming trees or wow this is like this is this is weezer man this, this band loves weezer like this is that weezer <laughs> um so all these new bands i'm finding that my daughter listens to and you got like she's out on tour with uh, the yeah. glorious sons right now she she's she knows what's going yeah. on right and mm. they are they're very very grungy sounding but the thing that i like about it is that some of the recordings are too i'm not one of those guys that wants to really crisp and clear and sound digital i want to get i want to uh, if it's a rock band like different music yeah. but if i'm listening to rock i want that guitar to be like like just kicking me in the head and i want the uh the kick to be pounding my chest and i want that bass to be hitting me in the feet you know what i mean like i, I want to feel that man i don't want to be like Ooh, wow, look at the, com- the compression on this song brings it all together nicely. And the uh, megahertz of this are very clean and I don't hear any static here. No, I don't want that. I want to be punched in the face with the tune. So the new, like Todd and Brent's new record was Slash. That's what they did. They did a yes. old yeah, and, style and just, classic. And that was great. So that, so when we discussed you know, that, I was stoked, right? And as Todd's going to come on. He just texted me today. Todd's going to come back <laughs> on soon. He was, he was uh, down under the weather, but he wants to come on and talk uh kids in the hall moon night all this stuff well, and he's gonna talk today? about this slash not today he's gonna oh. come on in the next week or so like oh, okay. probably next yeah. week or something i'll right. be with fitz in two days in winnipeg too and we're gonna kind of dive into it a little bit so it's kind of like i i'm with you man i i i have apple music i'm an apple music guy I, i've got spotify for our podcast and mine and stuff and but i i subscribe to apple and they've got a pure, pretty cool curated sort of like new band thing that I'll listen to and, and I'll go, okay, that's cool. Or, or this every now and again, I'll see something on tour that I'm out with. If I'm on a rock tour and I'll go, that's kind of cool, but nothing has really hammered me. It's funny. No. The Menzingers, the Menzingers, which I love and you, you like, I believe they it's were in Edmonton show. and Calgary. The last two days I was there and I missed them because I had shows on both of their days. And I was like, ah, now that's a band that I love and I couldn't see. And it would have been great. Taylor but. worked the Toronto show. Yeah. She, actually, yeah. she got Marcus shirt. And she said, was, she loved it. That was like, they're yeah. great. Oh. She mm-hmm. sent me foes and said, this is this, this is what makes it all worthwhile. She said, and showed me a video of yeah, them playing, yeah. uh, one of their tunes. Yeah. Rad band, rad band. It's hard to find Speaking- good bands these days for us old guys, my friend. I don't know. I'm, I'm always throwing like, I'm seasonal with music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's uh, springtime. I'm throwing out a lot of pop punk. You know, yeah. salads and like uh, um, such a mess, some bands like that, that people might yeah. not have heard of that you should be checking out. Um, but a lot of that pop punk stuff, which is really good. Um, speaking of old guys, yeah, we'll in go into this. The kids in the hall are coming back. Yeah. So that's kind of rad. Speaking of, you know, anyone from our generation who grew up on the CBC and all that stuff, um, they, uh, the Kids in the Hall were a great, great show, kind of like the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live, the new version of SCTV-ish with this new kind of comedy group, which I don't think I've seen. We haven't seen in a long time, but they're coming back. And anyways, check this out. This is a little preview from, from them. So. is lifted and the kids are back. Guys, I knew we should have cryogenically frozen our bodies. Well, who's financing this time? The devil again? Oh, 
sort of Amazon. Are you crazy? All hands on deck. Do you know what Amazon wants from Kids in the Hall? Y yes, Don, a, a funny show, but one that is free of targets. <gasps> Topical topics. It's all a government conspiracy. Alarming edginess or unsettling settings. I now declare the last glory hill open for business. So we all agree that gender parody is a good thing. This is a bad idea. Fun Fox not. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I've opened a can of worms, haven't I? A customer just ordered the tarte de bleu bleu et sauvage and then called it a pie. <gasps> We're going to have to burn the place to the ground. What's the big idea for hit characters? Back off, pigs, or that yes. no one gets clapped. <laughs> oh. You will be eradicated. eradicated. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, pretty rad, man. Yeah, pretty rad. So, oh my gosh, the head crusher, man. Are you kidding me? I'm crushing your head. I'm squishing your. I'm pinching your face. I'm crushing your head. He's holding the CN Tower hostage. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That was mint. Those guys are guys like laughing out loud. And you know, at the end, when their season finale, at the end of that one, they all lined up in that grave there and they buried them. They yeah, buried they them with dirt, right? And they're, they're unburied like, them. They're them. So they dug them back up and brought them back out, man. All oh, those characters are so cool. I'm so yeah. excited, man. I, I, uh, that I, Kids in the Hall was my college years, basically, when I was watching that, and I got to see uh, not only just a production where they came out and and did a bunch of skits for us. I saw a recording of it where they just kind of. You know, it was like, okay, lights there, and they did the skit, or they make a mistake, they do it again. So I saw a live recording, and I saw just a production of it. Uh, it was, both times were so much fun. Uh, they got everyone back, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, and it's funny, because you, know you, you were mentioning, like, identity in groups, right? Like, those guys all have their own identities. They're awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I brought up this, which is the... Basically, the top 10 essential kids in the hall sketches every Canadian should know. And American, now that they're on Amazon, hopefully they'll be found. But maybe you tell me about this list. This is the top 10 according to this. It's obviously the head crusher, crushing your head, squishy, squishy, squish. Main purpose is simple, smoosh all the flatheads. <laughs> Mark McKinney. Uh, cabbage head. Uh, oh, man, look at this. Chicken lady. Uh, they got Buddy Cole. <laughs> Scott Thompson's the best. He's so funny. Uh, 30 Helens Agree, Bobby and the Devil, Citizen Kane, Theo the Teacher, and Becoming a Man and Taxpayer. Look at these, all these things. So what's, do you have a personal favorite skit? Hold on one sec. You weren't even, I, I had you muted the whole time. Oh, I apologize. Well, I was going to say, I just, I, there's a couple there you went pretty quick. I, I missed, but yeah, the Bobby and the Devil one's so great, dude. He's like he's out looking for he's out dropping for weed right like this that it's uh it's scott thompson who i have a, oh, i should have gave you the picture of me and scott thompson yeah what a great guy so anyway um scott thompson's he's got the long hair and the the the, the 80s metal coat that we were just discussing the devil yeah. with the frills cut everywhere so and he's looking for weed and he's out on his b he's out on his, like, his bmx bike i can't remember or banana bike or whatever and he goes up says hey man I got, I got an ulcer, and the only thing to cure my ulcer is some cannabis. Nah, I got, any <laughs> I got like pills, I got cocaine, I got crack. I said, ah, oh, man. So the funny thing, so it's the first part of the skit 
is he can find any kind of drug possible that would like really hurt him, but he can't find any weed, which is legal now, right? It wasn't legal back then. So then he goes back home and he's like, man, I would give my soul for just a joint. So yeah, there he is. Mark McKinney shows up as the devil. He's like, hey, man, I'm the devil. Uh, I heard you want to make a deal. What will you give me for eternal marijuana? And, and then he says, uh, I don't know. What do you want? He goes, I want your jacket. <laughs> his jacket right so he trades him his jacket and if it, it, it does his fade thing to him to you to us uh scott thompson on the couch with his buddy and they're rolling up a dube and it pans back and he's like and that's how i got eternal weed and he's got dreadlocks but it's growing buds out of his hair so he's he's cutting buds, buds off that's his bobby hair. and the devil there that that's good which is that's a great one i believe uh, i'll learn to these again once more so you got um Crushing the, your crush, head. the head crusher is just awesome. The, my favorite one is is one where uh, the, the face pincher opposes him, <laughs> which is played by uh, oh no, um, oh, oh. Kevin McDonald. Oh, okay. Kevin McDonald. He's a face pincher. I'm crushing your head. I'm pitching your face. And he, ah, victory! And of course, the head crusher wins. And yeah, no. Okay, so now we got Cabbage Head, and he is so rude. He's always trying to pick up women. Is it because I have a cabbage, cabbage. for a head? <laughs> He's hilarious. And then he gets shot and he gets like shot in the melon um, and it blows everywhere by these uh, feminists. They want to, they want to get rid of him. And I then uh, yeah, the up. chicken lady. Oh my gosh. And she, she's so horny. She's like, I'm the chicken lady. <laughs> Meet me in the closet. And they played um, everything. Them, so like every character, male, female, yeah. it's hilarious. And, and Scott Thompson had some, best. some skits, that buddy Cole guy, man. Oh man. He, he was like an extremely gay individual and he made it really, really funny in a time where it was hard to do that. Like yeah. looking back on it, man, he's really brave too, to do that. You know what I mean? Like, as an individual, but Scott Thompson's always been like that. I really respect that guy. I love that line. Americans know as much about Canada as straight people do about gays. <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like he was really clever. I think he was. Re- I think he's really ahead of his time. And Thirty Helens Agree, of course, is a hilarious skit. Thirty, 30 Helens, Helens agree, agree that you can't spend too much on a good pair of shoes. Thirty Helens Agree, love hurts. Thirty Helens Agree that there's a time and a place to show photos of your children. What do the Helens think about tattoos? <laughs> Like the man said, you can't hurry love. You yeah. just have to wait. All the movie ones. Yeah, great one. Yeah, I'm the teacher. <laughs> you the teacher. I'm just a cool teacher. But the next one down. Okay, everybody should watch this, Becoming a Man. Oh, man. So it, the kids have it, the kids at his birthday, and it's yeah. his 13th birthday, and his dad here, yeah. Bruce McCullough, <laughs> takes him on a drive to this rock where Bruce McCullough's dad took him. and got yeah. dr- He just gets drunk, and he acts like, just hilarious it's they must have just let the camera roll on him i bet there's real booze in there too yeah. they must have just let the camera roll on him said okay man just go but you sh- everybody should watch becoming a man it's i think i've shared it on my facebook page actually it's so funny that's a good one because it's just they're really polit- they're, they're great with their political stuff too mm-hmm. uh and then yeah. it, it's just hilarious <laughs> sausages sausages yeah it's just <laughs> weird that's a weird one they had some really weird ones too um there was one where uh, bruce mccullough's pen he lost he works at a bank and he, he had his pen my my, my pen my pen I, it, we watched kids in the hall religiously on friday nights and that's yeah. like and that's a friday night as as a college student. i wonder how many how many episodes it's going to be but i guess uh, everyone will see but that's great that they that they um now the original kids in the hall had either piped in laughter didn't they didn't they have a bit of laughter in there? Well, it was all recorded yeah. in front of a live audience. Yeah, so I don't know. So like it was, was no, it was it was the audience, dude. 
And they I'm would always show looks- the audience. Like they would pan out and show yeah. the audience out there and everything and show them like standing up and being weird and that's what it looks like. They had a warm up act out there. Bellini was out there doing a warm up act for everybody. Like, dude, it, it was so cool to be a part of that back in the day, man. Like, it was and such a cool thing. Um, the, it was. I actually like the uh, the performance they did a little better, just because it was just skit after skit after skit live in front of you. And mm. one of the very first ones I think they ever did was the one where they're sitting around like a campfire type thing talking about a dude and how they miss him. And they're like, well, I guess we shouldn't have killed him then. It's like, whoa! And it goes <laughs> dark from there. Like I watched them do that live and that was really cool. And I think that was like one of their very – it was. It was one of their very first skits ever, if not their first skit. But it's funny. You think they're talking about, oh, man, I missed this guy. Cheers to Bill or – I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. Well, where is he now? Well, remember, we dug that grave back there and put him in it. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. No, I mean, like, where do you think he is metaphorically? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Funny stuff, dude. And then there was the, the guy going around getting his axe sharpened. There was a guy. Remember back in the ding, ding, yeah. axe sharpening, axe sharpening. There'd be a guy pushing a little cart around right in Toronto. And they show subdivisions. And then Dave Foley with blood all over him with an axe. Hey, can you sharpen my axe for me? You know. Life of a serial killer. Chop, chop, chop. Back at it. You know. I wonder what they're going to be able to get away with now. You know. Well, what, I mean? what can they get away with? On it'll, it'll be up to the TV uh, Amazon. It'll be up to them because I'm sure they had a meeting saying, "Okay, guys, here's the line. <laughs> We've seen your stuff in the past. Here's the line. No more serial killer stuff. No more whatever. So. Well, I'm trying to think of stuff that was really, really, really offensive. Comedy. I saw them throwing a baby around in there. So comedy has to be let. They got to let it, let it breathe, man. Comedy is, is everyone's own personal thing. I mean, we've clearly seen the line crossed on comedy with, you know, Ricky Gervais and Chappelle and, and, uh, but all these guys have been, they're true. You know, I, I, I don't think that comedy in essence should be muzzled really. If you've got the, you know, a funny approach to it. And if people get offended by it, that's their that's their own thing, but they need to be able to live within that system because mm-hmm. comedians, when done properly, are the truth tellers. Yeah. Well, there, there's one thing like, like if something happens, like say um, something horrible happens to a celebrity and you mm-hmm. go the next day and make a joke about it on your Twitter, probably not a good time. You know, there's right. something called tact when it comes to it, but totally. you should be able to take it where you want. Obviously, you know what I mean? Um, I'm fine with my comic book that I'm doing it being totally independent. I'm pushing some boundaries in there. I, um, so I think I mentioned this before is I have a villain right now who uh, he's a wrestler and he's got a little bit of, he's kind of like Negan meets the ultimate warrior Negan from yeah. walking dead, ultimate warrior from classic wrestling. So I wanted to make somebody that everybody hated. So I have this uh, pedophile, nazi scarecrow and he's got a big swastika on swastika swastika i don't know um on, yeah. on his on his hat and you're not apparently not allowed to do show that uh anymore mm. and i have it showed prominently on cover or whatever so watch for that cover my friends that's gonna be a little bit of a rule breaker we'll see what will happen to me but uh yeah yeah he'd like it so so yeah this guy you know Gilbert goffrey dies and mm-hmm. you know you want to talk offensive like, I mean, no one told the aristocrats joke in a more offensive way than Gilbert Godfrey. And I don't know if you're familiar with the aristocrats with that Can joke. Tell it? But it's, tell it. Uh, uh, the Cole's Notes version is that the premise of the joke is the same. And comedians are tasked with telling it in a new way. Mm. But the idea is they tell this story about a family and then 
it kind of morphs from there and everyone has to like they go here they have to do this you have to fit this into the joke and you have to fit this into the joke and you have to end the whole thing with what's the name of the play it's called the aristocrats and the idea is that this family is pitching this this play to a, like a playwright or somebody that's controlling broadway or controlling into that and and they they come in to pitch this thing to the agent and it's you know typically be like oh it's a mennonite family that's uh, going to new york for the first time and things are going to be great but what they'll do is they'll spin it into and then you know i don't know i can't get into it too far because we don't want to get canceled here but it gets really bad bob saget the worst he went from american uh, america's funniest home videos and then told the aristocrats joke which involved like it just gets really, really, really bad. And then mm-hmm. it, the idea is that the comedians have to take it as far as they can offensively. Right. And then the punchline is, oh, and the guy's like, well, what's that sounds like a great play. What's the name of it? The Aristocrats. So as in like they're classy people, but they just bang the neighbor's dog. Like it's just a funny. Right. And uh, right. Gilbert Godfrey had had the reputation of telling the worst, most offensive aristocrats joke. Nice. Um, which we'll post on our Twitter. Nice. Where did he start? Did he start out on Saturday Night Live? Was Good he at question. SNL? I don't know if he did actually. I'd have to find out, but I, I, I think he just came through the ranks. And by all accounts, everyone thought he was supposed to be one of the biggest comedians in the world. But he something happened there. Yeah, I don't know if he followed the, if he followed the uh, the, the proper thing. I don't know. They, there's a great clip of him on Hollywood Squares right now from when that show was on TV, which they should bring back. Cause that was kind of funny. Um, and he was, you know, he was the last square that the person had to get to get their X or their O and mm-hmm. they just kept getting the questions wrong. And he kept spinning. Cause is he telling the truth or is he not telling the truth? Yeah. And he just would spin this story. <clears throat> and there's an article of him. T- it's like 15 minutes of them trying to <laughs> try and have him just stumping the guests. And it's, That's it's great. great. And then, yeah, so there's some good, there's some good stuff on there. So. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So anyways, that yeah, funny. I think people just got, uh, he only had that one delivery kind of approach, right? The way he talked. So I think it got to the point in the nineties at some point where they were just kind of like, Oh God, it's cause I remember him being on married with children. Yeah. And it was the fact that he was on there and he was annoying everybody. He goes, Oh crap. It's Gilbert Godfrey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There is. Yeah, so um, I, I think he's great. It was one of those things where he was, he was an easy target, but it, if somebody else was delivering his lines, it probably, you know, his voice is like the, yeah. So I'll come well, on that's right. in a couple of minutes. And then, then he goes up there. Andrew Zig used to do it. He'd, he'd come nice. into the, come into Zig's house and Zig would go, I am a yeah. Jew. <laughs> you know, he would go on and Andrew would do the whole thing. And, and our, my friend, uh, Craig Gass, a comedian, and, and uh, he does a great guy. Yeah, we got to get him well. on the show. Cause I got to yeah. ask him. I know it was a long time ago, but I got to ask mm-hmm. him about his time on King of Queens. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to guys because what's her name was going through her whole science Scientology deal. Then yeah, yeah. Kevin James was just on his rise to becoming a, a major dickhole. Apparently like, I don't want to ask him questions that are going to embarrass him, but I like, so I was like, so dude, what was that like? You know, like yeah. just, I think that would be a great because uh, I, I don't know how many people ask him about that anymore. But I, I I love King of Queens. It was one of those shows that Lonnie and I watched and we'd, we'd get little uh, sayings from there and we'd use in our daily lives and stuff. And I remember when he was Craig, on there. Craig's got a great bit where he because uh, he did, you know, Family Guy. He did that. He was on Sex in the City, mm-hmm. but he, all little bit parts. Yes. So yes. he does his bit once a month where all of his royalty checks come in from all the things oh, that he's funny. done. But he still gets royalty checks from DVD sales. Mm-hmm. Like so people buy 
King of Queens yes. DVDs in, uh, pfft, let's say, the Ukraine or something. Like they buy like you know dubbed over versions of it or something. Yeah. So he'll 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 hold back. He'll open the check in front of everybody, and it'll be like thirty seven cents. And That's then the next funny. one's oh man, I used to get those. I used yeah, to get those from up. our first album. Yeah. Yeah. Eight cents. Oh, yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I still have uh, one. I think I have our very first one in a frame. So we're getting close to the playoffs. We'll go here. Stand Tell by. Nice. Nerds on ice. All right. Yeah. So you've got, I think the Canucks, I think the Canucks are going to be out. I've watched a lot of hockey lately. I went to the Flames Good. game last two nights ago. Flames. Um, I like the Flames, man. And I went to, um, I went to, uh, in Vegas, I took Alex to a hockey game and it was the Knights against, um, Chicago mm-hmm. and then the Knights played the Flames and I've seen two Knights games in two weeks. It's kind That's of cool. Wild. Um, but the, I know why they're losing. What's going on there? Well, the Flames, uh, needed to beat the Knights mm-hmm. in order for the Canucks to kind of move along. And the Canucks, right. are, but the Canucks won like seven, one, but they're still like six points behind. I think yeah. it's over. What's not over is, is the Leafs. And no. I mean, is this guy on fire or what? Dude, he is. Who do we have on here from the, the network that was talking hockey with us? Well, Ryan from PP1, Ryan. we've had, yeah. We had Ryan on here, and Ryan, we, we got to show that clip again sometime where he was, he he nailed it about Matthews. That dude was like, Toronto fans, and I repeat, uh, uh, Ryan, I, 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 I'm repeating you, and I say, but he said this on our podcast, that Toronto fans should really be enjoying watching Austin Matthews play. That guy scores at will, and he's starting to stick up for himself now. He's starting to hit. Um Toronto fans enjoy him. If he sticks around after for the next uh, contract extension for him, man, cheers because he's the real deal. Loves playing hockey. Loves Toronto. The guy is a goal scorer. You know, like Toronto has not had a goal scorer as I do the air quotes, um, like Ovechkin, like like yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. Brett Hall. They ha- Toronto has not had a goal scorer. This guy is the real. You know who's the hot? Who's been in the hottest in the league since the All Star break, though? Um, big baby. Oh yeah, the big baby's getting better now. Out of boy, Mitch. The big baby's Good. had the big baby's had the best run post All Star break of anyone Good. in the league. I like it. Yeah. And I, Good. And Good. I don't have. Yeah. So we'll see how he does in the playoffs. Yeah. So the well, question. Yeah. The question here is. You know, who's had the most or the best impact on the Leafs over the years for their team at the time? So we know we've had players like that have had 100 points in the past, and we've got a few of them on here. Um, the Leafs consistently getting eliminated from the playoffs, all the rest of it. The furthest we would have got would have been 93, 94. So for me, I always lean to that side of that team as far as yeah. that time. But here you are our options. Buy here. players, right? You could just buy here, them. Want to yeah. come to Toronto? Yes. Here's the, the current the current crop, obviously, Matthews, Marner. Mm-hmm. Then we go back a ways, Matt Sundin, mm-hmm. you know, um, Wendell Clark, mm-hmm. Doug Gilmore, mm-hmm. Daryl Sittler. Mm-hmm. Those are your sort of like standard when i look at the leafs over the years as far as representation yeah, going back i wouldn't be able to go back any further than that either 
But uh, like, and, and since that. since this kind of era of everything, I kind of look at it and go, who has had the greatest impact on the Leafs? Right. Remember, well, I was here's what here's the thing. I was around for the Wendell Clark deal and the uh, oh man, who was the owner of the team? He's such a piece. Hera of Ballard. Guy. I was around during the Ballard era when Ballard stopped. When, well, Wendell Clark came in at the end of the at the end of the Ballard era, and yeah. then uh, when Ballard left is when they actually started spending money on players. Man, so to me to watch things turn around, that's tough. See, see there was there was Wendell Clark, mm-hmm. there was Doug Gilmore, and there was Matt Sundin. The three of those dudes, because that whole era there was great. I really, I really think that they were, you know, and we can complain for days about the Gretzky high stick and they would have won and, you know, the play, they would have won the Stanley cup in 93. Same. The Canucks would have won the Stanley cup in 2011 if they would have started Schneider, yada, yada, yada. But looking at the impact, the one Mm -hmm. difference between it's easy for the kids right now to go uh, look at Matthews and go, he's the greatest player in Leafs history. But then you look at Marner going, well, he's the best overall player in Leafs history. But that's yeah. they're different genres. Who oh, had the most sure. impact on okay, their so, okay, team? Okay, so okay, so here we go. Here then that that then Wendell Clark because he came in when they were like sucking ass. He was the first round draft pick, number one overall. He was their savior, and he came in there. <clears throat> he scored goals. He got assists. He hit. He fought, and not only did he fight, he fought like Probert and dudes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like he was fighting these like second line guys who 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 just got angry and fought once in a while, man. So Wendell Clark put the team on his back, um, and that's when they weren't good. And he went out there and said, "Nah, you know what, yeah. man? I'm from a farm in Ontario, and I'm Scott- the- yeah, yeah." And he had the slap shot, which was insane. Well, he no had, one- he was a, he was he was your complete player. He's like yeah. he was he's like P- Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. um, but better. In my opinion, because he yeah. could fight too. He he could get your team going. If somebody was out there pushing your players around, Clark would go out there and stop that problem. And there'd still be a tough guy behind Clark. You know what I mean? Which is one thing that I liked the other night when the Leafs had uh, Simmons and Clifford out there mm-hmm. with Blackwell in the center. Oh, man. And they did awesome. They kicked ass over Washington. Dude, keep that. Keep that. That's that's helping Mitch Marner's noggin. That's helping Mitch Marner say, "Hey, man, when I go into this corner, anybody does touch me, there's going to be reper- rep- repercussions immediately, and my next yeah. shift is going to be a lot easier." Like, well, they've missed gonna- that, but I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, they've missed that. I, I gotta go. I gotta tell you this. I think that there was what was going on with Wendell, mm-hmm. and I think Wendell brought a shit ton of new leaf fans. Wendell's like the stone cold Steve Austin. There was yeah, your casual listener. I like that. There was your casual watcher or viewer. And you know, they're coming out of Rick vibe. They're coming out of Daryl Sittler, you know, and it yep. was sort of like, now what are we going to do? And mm-hmm. Wendell was the one that got everyone stoked and got him there. If <laughs> Wendell Clark is the, if Wendell Clark was the, um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. then Doug Gilmore was the Rock. Yeah. Well, do you okay. remember how they got how they had to get Wendell Clark? No, how they had they? to finish dead last. Oh yeah. So what does that tell you right there? Okay, so they got the number one draft pick, which was Wendell Clark. So and they come because Ballard wasn't spending any money on the team, and he wouldn't have any right. foreign players on there, right? Right. So us, us Canadian or us Toronto Maple Leaf fans are like. 
Well, Montreal's doing the opposite, right? And and we're just so frustrated. Even as a young and I was, I was saying to my mm-hmm. dad, Dad, why aren't the Leafs getting better? And he would tell me, and I'd be like, and I understood hockey. I understood hockey mm-hmm. way better than math. And I was like, oh, really? Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, don't you know? And you'd see other players, you know, moving up, and other teams doing better, and you'd, you'd wonder what's going on. So Wendell actually came in when Ballard was still in there. I'm ninety nine percent sure. I I look at the kind of the the time because these guys haven't shown us. Outside of scoring goals, no, we didn't playoffs, man. That that they can you know put it on the back. Like I haven't seen even when when Vancouver was in the Stanley Cup final, you know, and Ryan Kessler was like, uh-uh. on fire, man. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. This is mine. I'm going to beat Nashville yeah. single handedly. He and just then- came out of uh, the, the the really sad American Olympic loss too, and that guy was pissed. And he just took him on their back. And then, but the thing is, is like he left it all on the table against Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then had nothing left for the final. And so injured. that that was, was kind of one of the, yeah. And that was kind of one of those things where he just left it there. And then I like it after the Stanley Cup final when you find out and you're like, well, that guy was playing on a broken leg or that guy was playing on this. You're like, just it's the hardest cup, <laughs> the hardest trophy in the world to win. I believe and I, it I'll, is. I'll, I'll debate anybody on that all day because football is one and done. You know, um, soccer is kind of like not, I mean, Dude, outside of the cardio. <laughs> Outside of the cardio, it's a thing. You flick you know? somebody, they're down crying. Yeah, soccer. Mm-hmm. But I, I, um, I think it's uh, it's the hardest trophy to win, and, it, and it's fantastic. And so that's why I think it's so. It, when you watch the Stanley Cup final, or you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, it, it's just another level. Um, it's just so and Canadian too. And these be, guys being a Canadian, it's, yeah. It's, that's the sport that I like, you know, yes, we won at basketball and I'm like, okay, cool. And yes, we've won some stuff at soccer. And I'm like, okay, great. Proud Canadian. But it doesn't compare the way I feel when like, you know, Canada wins at the Olympics or the Leafs are like on a winning streak or they, you know, back in the day when it was like, holy shit, they're going to go to the cup. Could could you imagine if they would have won the cup with that lineup in 93? Like they're already icons in the city, Mm -hmm. but it would be like, can you, like Doug Gilmore was to me, this team changed com- like and good on them for for the trade that they made. But this wow, team changed everything when he arrived, and yeah. that's why I said that he is like, um, he changed it like and it took and just took it to like oh, there's those kind of players too. It was funny because I um I uh I was I had I had the pleasure of, of hanging out with the Hitman last night, and we had a nice little little chat. That's a guy. That was like handed the conch here in Saskatoon, by the way, where he won the belt from Ric Flair for the first time. But he was the one of the first small guys, not small, but you know what I'm saying? Not Hulk Hogan, six foot seven, 300 pound guys that were like, we're going to give the belt to you and we're going to run with it. And Gilmore reminds me of him a little bit because he Gilmore wasn't very big. He was scrappy. He went out and did it and took it, took the Leafs to like, if Wendell Clark dragged him into the mainstream, Doug Gilmore was the one that put them on the uh, one comment on, on Bret Hart. One comment on Bret Hart yeah. is that he not only made himself look good when he wrestled, he made the other guy look good when Bret Hart wrestled. Um, there was a gentleman that came in. I remember and it's, it's it's on the YouTube videos. I can't remember what it's called, but there was this guy that came in, man. He was built. He had the look. So they thought, OK, we'll throw him out with Bret Hart off the hop. And Brett let him beat him, you know, Brett Hart. Back, and this was back when Brett was like in the WWF, it was yeah. called. And then he was doing really well. I think he was a tag team champion at that point. He let the guy beat him. And he made him look so good that Vince was like, 
Yeah. Um, they had him out the next the next week or whatever. He just fought some Joe Blow and was like, you know, oh, he was fighting a worker. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Why isn't this guy good anymore? It wasn't because he was a good wrestler. It was because Bret Hart made him a good yeah, wrestler. Yeah, it's just amazing. wanted to mention that. Like, Bret Hart not only made himself look good, he mm. made other wrestlers good. And after watching a lot of the newer wrestlers now, I'll go back to watch some, some Bret Hart stuff. Like, back when he was a tag team champion or an intercontinental champion, even before his, his title mm. run. Man, he's good, dude. Mechanics. Just flawless, dude. Flawless. He's so funny. Excellence of execution. You know what's so funny about him too, in a in a very humbling way. Like yeah. he he, because uh, I've tried to get him on this, and I try to get him on my show and stuff. And he's like, I just can't, I can't do them anymore because I get misquoted all the time, right? But oh. he's like, I just get because what happens is, is he'll be like, you know, he'll like a certain wrestler, but he'll be like, oh, that guy injures guys, and then yeah. next thing you know, it's like Bret Hart says. Well, uh, we can have him on this. He can just talk about his artwork, man. Because when yeah. he was younger, he, he still does it. Yeah. If he didn't, I have a little video. I don't know if you saw the video I posted, but so Bret Hart, they couldn't afford a lot of toys. So what he would do is the toys he wanted, he would draw them in cartoon form and make stories with them. It's amazing. Hello. Like <laughs> I did have toys and stuff, but I that that's what I do now. Is like I I that's what I do. Is I he makes that, that you I, know. He's such a classy dude. He just makes time for everybody. Like, you know, there was a few people coming by that. Um, it's funny because with the mask, he had the mask on. So no one knew who he was. Right. And uh, so the handful of people that would come by the office and they would be like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he would make time for them. And 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 uh, it's just funny. He's the everyday guy. And that's why, you know, I think, Gilmore, era, right? I think Gilmore, I think Gilmore was the was the if Wendell was the scrapper that we all know. Doug Gilmore was like the guy that that oh, was like the, the glue, everyday man. guy. Like you picture him. Dude, didn't he the, smoke? Didn't he smoke at the time? And all? Ah, like, he, I I'm know, just saying he was the guy know. that would be Let's like you would, say pick, he didn't. you would picture him going <laughs> off the ice and then heading down to the dock to. Uh, He's throw the a, stick that stirred throw, the drink, my friend. Yeah, throw a skid okay. of meat on a truck. You Another know what question mean? for you, though. What was the major leaf player that went to Quebec for Matt Sundin? Oh, okay. Hold on. So Matt Sundin, it was uh, Courtnell. Well, I was thinking. No, oh, and and and, uh, and what's his name who died? Uh, what's his uh, name? No, it was the dude we were just talking about, buddy. Wendell Clark. Clark. Yeah, right. But there was the wasn't there a trade with uh, John Cordick? As well? Oh, maybe, but like we were just talking. Wendell, we yeah. just said that Wendell Clark yeah, was yeah, like yeah. the most influential player. As I that's, that's because then. Yeah, we had that, and then Matt started a new era, and that was the dead puck era, which, you know, no one was getting anything done. So he's got to be handed a lot of respect because he really brought this team through. And then, um, you know, and then here we are. So let's see what these guys have. You know, let's see what they got. They're running out of time, and I'm not – I don't know how long they're going to be around for. If, you know, I think that the economics of the game are going to get in the way eventually here and they're gonna have more to get money rid- can matthews get like realistically like seriously yeah but he could go to he, he's i mean th- that's the thing there's not really like Actually, there's no uh, way he'd go to arizona why does arizona even have a team did you see all those oh, yeah. poor oh, kids yeah. that are going to be going to that team for draft picks next year not only that he saw what's happening with like they have to share arena in tucson Dude, which is like why like do they have it smaller than oshawa why do they have a team this is batman you're a dick give us give canada give canada another team batman you dick what a dick! Uh, it like, should be in ridiculous. Quebec. That, it's got to go to Quebec. Why, it's TVs. It's it's it goes because it's the TV. Well, you know the other side of it too is that when they uh, the, the thing that I've heard about that market is that now it's become so ingrained in the players mm-hmm. that they don't want them to move the team 
because road trips are built around the West and the East and you either start in Arizona or you finish in Arizona or, or something. And the players actually, it's a mini vacay. They don't want them to move it. They want to go and too play bad. golf and hang out and they don't want them to move it. That's why I wouldn't want to be. Can you imagine like, being drafted they, by them though? Why would you put a team in an I arena smaller than the Oshawa building? See, it doesn't, that you know, doesn't make sense. You know, it really, so doesn't. it's, it's like I say, it's those terrible. poor kids being drafted. I wouldn't want to go there. I'd be like, oh, mm. shit, really? Can I Can I at least go to, like, Dallas? Like, can I go like, – of all the – could you imagine you could you could get drafted by Vegas? You could get drafted by the Toronto F and Maple Leafs. You could get drafted by the Canadians. You're going to Arizona. I don't know. This, as a kid, I'd be this, bummed. How about this first story, though? But I, I would think the first thing, though, would be that you're just happy to be drafted in the NHL. So that part no, of but it – if you're sure. high up on the list, man, and you go, you're t- you're being well, the last guy to do that teams? was what Lindros, right? Lindros was the last guy that was like, no way. I'm oh no, I wouldn't do there. that. I wouldn't do that. No, I'm just saying. But here, here's my yeah. thing. See, I envision it as I have a bunch of comic books that I could buy. Yeah, I, I could buy. I don't know, you know, and I've got like fifty bucks. I've yeah. got an old X Men. I could get an old Spider Man, or I could get this Conan the Barbarian. I got the Conan Barbarian. Oh, okay. Well, I could have had that really. All right. Well, hey, man, I still got a really wicked comic that's worth some money, yeah. but. It's a Conan, or you know what I mean, or it's a Starman comic. Like that—that's my analogy of it. It's like because if you're a good player, man, you're talking to other teams. It's not you're not just sitting there going, mm. "Hey, I wonder who's going to draft me." You know what I mean? Because it changes. There's the lottery. Um, mm. There's trades. So you know, you're, imagine those kids are like, "Please don't send me to Phoenix." Please don't. Send me I know. Phoenix. I could. I could imagine the Russian playing, there. dude. The Russian playing mm. for me now, dude. I got a goal in the past two games I played. And I, we're, we're, and we're on the bench huffing with the old guys. He goes, I don't care if it's the NHL or if it's on this ice surface. Scoring rules. It's like, yes. <laughs> it does. It gonna, does. We'll finish this up with this. I want to know how your hockey – I put a gag in there that you're going to try it for the uh, – do a walk-on for the kitchen, uh, yeah. Kingston front next. But how's it uh, How's it going on the ice? You're back yeah. on it. I Okay, so I don't smoke cigarettes. Um, I do smoke cannabis. I'm a heavy cannabis smoker. And uh, the first time I went out, I had a problem with my skate. Not going to lie. I didn't tell anybody that. But right. I was spinning out a bit. Um, it was tough. Really tough. I was one of the worst guys out there. Uh, next, I took my wife. I got my skate sharpened properly. The guy says, mm-hmm. dude, you have lost your whole front right edge. You're skating <laughs> on a pond. Ah, shit. Um, so next, I went out on uh, to the public skating. Now, all this is happening a minute behind my house, right? They have six sure. ice surfaces. Take my wife ice skating. Oh, man, there we go. I can skate again. I'm skating backwards, doing the twist and everything. I'm great. I'm great. So I go out, uh, sign up for a 50-plus league on Mondays. I go out to Monday, and I was like, yeah, right in the middle, right? You know, playing yeah. some some heavy scrimmage, got a goal, felt good about myself, uh, pulled my groin. So that's my second time out. You know, I was like <laughs> halfway through the game. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. They caught, I'm playing defense. And they caught me reaching and I kept doing that. And then I caught, I was like, oh, you were playing think, defense. I thought you were, I, I'm scrim. It's scrimmage though, dude. You yeah, just yeah. take, you just go yeah. out there and whatever place is open for this one, right. For the 50 plus. Yeah. So they catch me and I, I Chris, let them come. Defenseman, let, let them come to you. That's how you pull your groin. Yeah. Um, and then last night I was out, or yeah, Thursday night out. Was that last night? No, two nights ago. And man, we played a fast team, dude. Wow, but I got a goal again, and I'm back in there, and I'm feeling good. Like I find that I have so much more energy. Um, I I I don't have the the taste for uh, like frozen fries in in your air fryer or in the in the oven. Right. 
Um, I'm, I, I can taste the difference between bag carrots and fresh carrots. I, however <laughs> weird that sounds, man, like those little bag carrots. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I taste the wax on them or chlorine or something, man. I'm getting the old carrots and shaving them up and, and, in, <laughs> and having that instead of fries, man. So it's, it's actually, it's been kind of life-changing, dude. It's rad. And I'm loving oh, yeah. it. I'm like, just loving it. My buddy, Mark, uh, it's funny cause there's music guys in there, right? My buddy, yeah. Mark X, I hate Sally. Uh, currently running the the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, he's my buddy in there. We're the shutdown defensive pair on the on the fifty plus times, and that's fun because we can just kind of kick back. And that was yeah. why I was playing D, buddy, because me and Mark were just kind of kicking back. Right? This was a pickup league, or is this an actual league? Yes, that we you only had with? one sub in the fifty one man yeah, in the fifty yeah. plus league. But one, sorry, is that a league or is it a pickup game that you pay ten bucks every a time? Where you game, you have a jersey and you yes. got the whole thing. Okay, the other ones, the league where it's sure. Where, we're the black team. It's just different colors, right? Like, yeah. But it is a league. But so um, I, I'm slowly working my way in. I don't want to get into anything that's – first of all, I didn't know if I was going to keep playing. So yeah. I didn't want to sign up for a league. You know sure. what I mean? And be like, oh, this sucks. I'm not – you know, pay 400 bucks for a league and not play after spending like 400 <laughs> bucks on equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just doing like the – you know, <laughs> it, they, it is a league that I play in on Thursday nights. Monday is 50-plus scrimmage. Like I say, there's only there was only one sub. Holy cow, man. That's um, the worst. We've been playing short. My, my, my team has been playing shorthanded all year. We've oh been showing no. up. We've been showing up to do like, uh, you know, I, I've only I played 20. I think I've, on average, I play 20 games this season. We've got a 45 game season, but I'm usually away. Um, and uh, but for the last seven games, we've been like nine players. So, you know, so do you, you want to talk? Many, how many lines do you usually have? Well, <laughs> When we have a full team, it's three yeah, lines plus I mean. like six oh, wow. defensemen. Three lines plus six defensemen. We got a, like a full oh. team. It's a hockey North America league. It's a whole thing. But I played on a team for like twelve years. I don't know. It's it's quite a lot of hockey. But um, this year, because of the uh, everyone's been bailing out because yeah. you got it. Yeah, because a lot of got they won't let a lot of guys play in the league if they're not vaccinated. Oh. So you know, there's a handful of longshoremen on these teams. Yeah. That sit around and go, or or factory guys are like, rah, 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 rah. I'm not getting that. Well, then you're not playing hockey. And they're like, God damn it, and you know whatever. Okay. So we we're down a whole bunch of players, uh, oh. and so we've been doing like, you know, two lines with revolving centers. I you know see. what I mean? So you're just skating every two minutes. My last game I played, my one of the guys was like, dude, you're like our cardio guy that can skate and skate and skate and do the uh. whole thing. What happened to you tonight? I'm like. Guys, we have eight players. I was out there every minute and a half. I couldn't even. I almost had a breakaway the other night. I was like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> I just couldn't get there. I was I like, know. My, you know what I'm I finding? Like, <laughs> I'm, finding so... I'm finding that I'll put all the effort to get myself in a great position to score a goal or like just yeah. get, get a breakaway and yeah. putting all that effort in by the time I'm in the spot. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got nothing left. And somebody's coming up behind me and catching me. You know what I mean? Like, you get the pass, yep. you put the deke on, you sprint to the blue line, and then it's like, oh, fuck, there's the goalie. Why are you so far away? <laughs> I should be it right in front of you by now. Yeah, yeah so our, well, our league, we have two lines, which is perfect. Perfect. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I found that I'm starting to get into the pace where it's like, go out there, do your shift, come off, woo, rest, rest, rest. Okay, we're back on again. And it's co consistent for an hour, right? Um, but as I say, the teams, like the team we played last Thursday, man, I was like, I felt like, holy shit. That was like, my, 
I, I was really skating a lot. And then Mark hit me out and goes, yeah, I was a fast team. I was like, okay, I thought so. You know what I mean? Just starting to feel the je ne sais quoi of it all. But um, riding a bike, my BMX bike around really helps with the groin. So, mm-hmm. But all, I, I, I uh, exercise, buddy. Oh, it's all good. Do it. How do it. What's her name there back in the day? Yeah, I'm doing the, uh, I'm, I'm doing the, the thing here. And right after this, I'm jumping down. We got the gym downstairs. Got to keep active. You do. All right. So Gotta cheers to my it. folks. My folks are coming over for a dinner tomorrow. So Lonnie's got a nice dinner ready for you, my folks. So they'll be excited to get, they haven't been out in a while. Gracious Gary, here's Dorothy. Yeah. My, my daughter, I'll Taylor, be your she... way. I'm going to be your way next week. I'm actually coming oh, into great. town. Wow. Now I'm going to be, uh, I'm in Ottawa. I'm in, uh, we got one more show in Winnipeg. Uh, I got Saskatoon in Winnipeg and then I fly to Ottawa and then I'm going to head Coburg way and see my dad and sister. And then I'll be oh, your right. way. So and... by right here. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll come by there. We'll try to do one of these live again. I think Todd's going to join us for that one. And, um, I'll, have my, I'll have my folks over. We can have a whole thing going on here. That'll oh, be yeah. Great. We'll do a round table. We'll get advice from Dangerous Dorothy. But Dude, we got the portable one down there. We can turn it. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So Taylor, so my daughter is out with uh, the Glorious Sons Glorious and Sun, JJ yeah. Wild. And they just mm-hmm. played Kingston here last night. Uh, and Taylor's Did you go see portals. it? You didn't go I see got, it? I was put on the guest list, but um, no. Wow. I'm surprised I, you I didn't just, go see it. No, oh, man. The Dent so go? The Dent go? He's going to the one in Peterborough. Oh, yeah, okay. He loved that show. So, or he did go to yeah. the one in Peterborough. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. No, cool. dude, I, and to be honest with you, I don't really listen to them. Yeah. I've heard a few songs. Dig them. Cool stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't go. <laughs> I get anxiety about going to some shows too, dude. Last time you went out and got, last time you went to a show, you got COVID. So there you go. I did. I did. That was a six. <laughs> I had fun though. And I kind of wanted to get COVID. Just, I know I sound like an idiot, dude, but I, I, I really like, it's like my wife. My wife's the same, man. What she I got, I kind of wanted like, to see what it was like. It's like, come on, man. I, I, I got experience this. She didn't take. She didn't do very well on it. On, no, let's on do the that. Coverage. That's already. But she's fine, and they're all fine. And we've since Good. went on vacation and did the whole thing. However, uh, she was like, oh, "I'm just kind of glad it's out of the way." Yeah, that's good. And dude. I'm glad Lonnie made, Lonnie made it through, and everything's good. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ottawa versus Toronto. I think now, right? We're getting ready to watch. Uh, yep. Yeah. Everyone go t- tune into the hockey game. This has yeah. been your Hockey Night in Canada preview. Catch it has. Chris Machete at these places coming up here. He's oh, got yes, uh, yes, the yes. Kingston, Kingston Comic Con on April 24th. Yep. In Kingston Dude, Heritage Fair. Check that out. You got the appearances. Go check out that. Make sure you buy issue three of Skeletron when you get a chance to. Especially and if you're a wrestling that. fan. If you're not, you're going to love it too. But if you are a wrestling fan, man. There's El Terrifico about to crush Skeletron. You are going to love El Terrifico. The next villain coming up, if you like him, I don't think we can be friends. That is the Kids on the Escalator podcast for another night. On the Dean Blundell Network, thanks to all our friends over there for doing that. Good times, friends. Rad dudes. Party on. Be excellent to each other. Watch Kids in the Hall. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.